When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Brady's got some strong opinions. She's gearing up for the booth. That's what's going on. Hit up our guy Stephen A. Smith this week. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. And it's the first time I would ever envision myself saying something like this. He actually sounded like somewhat of a boomer this week. Oh, yeah? Well, like back in my day, that's what it kind of sounded like. And listen to Tom Brady talking about the NFL this week with Stephen A. Smith on on Stephen A.'s podcast. This is somewhat unexpected, I would say. I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? Why not? I think the coaching isn't as as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual – performance of the game Mm -hmm. so i just think the product in my opinion is less than what it's been joe i he's 100 percent right and it's not out of a you know it was so much better when i played i i think there's so much truth in what he says especially in the development part especially when it comes to you know the hit rate on quarterbacks in the draft is so low and i think a lot of that is because we don't see them develop these guys nearly as well and there's not as high level coaching as there is before talent wise there's more talent i think he's wrong about that it's a fascinating take because i mean it's brady so on one hand you could say well you know of course he's gonna think his day is better than the rest just like all the guys who played in the jordan era side with jordan and all the guys who play in the lebron era side with lebron right so there's there's a little bit of a bias there but it is brady he was around for so long he played against guys like kurt warner and patrick mahomes like there's a big gap between kurt warner and patrick mahomes in terms of age and yet he spanned that so i'm inclined to look at him a little bit and i want to take him at his word it his era was a was a truly fascinating one because the AFC was was just it was Patriots Colts every year. It was yep. Brady Manning. Like we were treated to something that we're probably never going to see again. Think about how hard this is. We've been waiting for the the sequel to that with Patrick Mahomes, but like Burrow's close but he's hurt this year. And Allen was supposed to be this guy, but he can't figure it out and the Bills can't get back there. Like, we're not getting those true rivalries there. And and that's not anyone's fault. It's a really complicated and difficult game. It's tough to stay healthy. It's tough to win games in a salary cap league year in and year out. But we don't have that. And, and when it wasn't Brady or Manning, Pittsburgh was right there. They were fantastic. And then in the NFC, that's where you got your grab bag, right? Maybe it was the 49ers who were stepping up. Maybe it was the Eagles who turned the corner. Maybe it was Carolina that one year. You had great balance. But I think he hits on a point about the officiating with the way we treat quarterbacks. What do we want to do here? Because the the, the calls have gotten ridiculous on some of these roughing the passers. But is anyone thrilled that Joe Burrow's out for the season. You know how many quarterback injuries we've sustained this year? So I don't know where to rest with that. I do think defenders, corners, and safeties should get away with a little bit more. Some of these pass interference calls are really ticky-tack. Yeah, but you know what's funny? 
she's talking about the you know the roughing the passer and stuff like that. Like like he's legitimately the reason. Yeah, he he had the, the penalty back in two thousand eight, or not the penalty, but the injury back in two thousand eight when he was hit low. And what do you know? The next year the rules changed because they don't want to lose Tom Brady and their stars off the field, and yet he doesn't like that now. <laughs> to me, like there is a healthy dose of irony to that. Yeah, there's that, and then with the quarterback position. The idea that we're becoming more and more impatient as a society because we're really spoiled. On one hand, when a guy like Patrick Mahomes steps in and immediately starts winning, we hold everyone else by that standard. We Patrick Mahomes isn't the standard. He's the exception to the rule. Like, you shouldn't be judging your guys based on him. You should be judging your guys based on where you got him at and what you've developed them to. You know, in college, it's a very different game for quarterbacks. Look at how it works. You come walking out to the line of scrimmage. You're facing a defense that even if it's one of the best in the country, it's probably not going to get a whole lot of stops, right? Like even the, we have maybe one or two quality defenses in college football. The rest of them will get torn up on a regular basis. So you walk out to the line of scrimmage and what's the first thing you do? You look to your coach to assess the defense and then signal in the play. You're not asking those guys to do a whole lot of thinking. That doesn't mean it's no thinking, and that doesn't mean it's everyone. But the coaches have really tried to simplify the game for college quarterbacks. And then when they come out and they get to the pro level, it takes time to learn how it works up there. It's so much more complex. It moves so much quicker. You don't have people handing everything to you. No, I I get it, but I don't think that's the reason at all. It may play a role. For me, the reason it's financial. Because... 10 to 12 years ago, what is it, 2010, 2011, the whole pay structure changed when it came to the quarterbacks and when it came to the draft. It went from, we have to pay you a boatload of money up front to, all right, we got to pay you a decent amount, but our full-on big-time investment doesn't come for a couple of years, so we have time to figure out what you are before we lay out what that money is. And what that did is it made it a whole lot easier for teams to just move on from somebody as opposed to continuing to run them out there. I mean, when you think about some of the guys that got an absolute fortune at the beginning that teams just had to ride out for four years, five years, because they had $50 million. Sam Bradford. Yeah, that's him. Invested in him. Invested in him. When they have to invest instead of $50 million, let's say – $22 $22 million, it changes the dynamic completely when that's over four years and you're not handing that all over at once. So now you can move on from what you think is a mistake as opposed to sitting around and waiting and trying to develop guys. That's where I would argue players like Justin Fields get their careers ruined because they draft him, then they fire the coach, they fire the GM, a whole new crew comes in, this isn't my guy, well, we're not gonna, we can't develop him. He can't do what we want to do. And then you move on from him easily enough. What, so it's obvious that the answer to this, if the product is considered inferior or it's not as good or there's a lot of mediocrity, whichever one of Brady's lines we want to use, there's so many things at play here. We can't pinpoint just one thing. But you think that's the biggest um, factor overall? Because, For quarterbacks, I think that's yeah, the biggest Yeah, I, I look at that too, and I think you want to have some patience, but so many of these teams are just inept. Like, look at Chicago. 
They're just inept. When you have moronic radio guys like you and me sitting here saying, look, the owner's got to hire the GM. The GM's got to hire the coach. Those two have to work together to get the quarterback. And then everyone's on the same page. Like, we can sit here and say that. For them to not understand that. For them to be like, no, let's let Nagy and Pace go ahead and draft a guy. We're going to trade up and give up assets so we can trade up and get Justin Fields. Then we're going to fire the coach and the GM, bring in a new group that isn't married to this guy so might not like him, and we're just going to make that work. There's no way to fix that. There's no era that's going to fix that. A bad ownership group is just a bad ownership group. And in Chicago and in Arizona and right now in Carolina and some of these other spots, you just can't improve that. Like that, they, These yeah. are things that are just going to be inept. The Chargers are always going to be inept under the Spanos family because they are cheap. The most important thing for the Spanos family is cheap. So if it's cheap, it works for them, but cheap doesn't work when it comes to winning championships or even competing for championships. So the one last part of this that I think is fair from what Brady says is looking at the AFC in general. We thought at the beginning of the season that the AFC was infinitely stronger than the NFC. Do you still feel like that's the case? Because I well, don't. No, my, my thought was the AFC was deeper because mm-hmm. I thought the two teams that the NFC was trotting out, Philly and San Francisco, were very, very legitimate. I just mm-hmm. thought the, the AFC had a wide range of options. You had, in my opinion, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo right off the top. I thought Baltimore was going to be a lot better this year with some of the changes they made. I thought Jacksonville was a real player in the market, and I liked Cleveland, although I have waffled on that because of the injury and the quarterback play. I thought a lot more of that was based on Watson being better. So I thought that was going to be the much deeper and more impressive conference. Like I still thought the NFC's best was going to stack up. They just didn't have as much. Yeah. I don't look at the AFC right now and think it's you. We, maybe we could argue it's a, a little bit deeper, but I don't think we can argue more impressive. What would you set for a Super Bowl point spread right now? So, so it's just every team's in play. You're setting the spread. The game is in Las Vegas AFC versus NFC. If you were to say right now, NFC minus what or AFC minus what, what would you do? Let's get that noodle working. Right now, I would say NFC minus three and a half. Ooh. (laughs) NFC minus three and a half. NFC laying the hook as well. Here's why. I'm going to base it on a couple of things. All right. There is more, number one, there is more trust in the teams atop the NFC than there is atop the AFC right now. Okay. And I'll base part of that on what happened the other night. The fact that the Eagles went in, and yes, whatever happened, happened. They won the game. They won the game. Secondly, I think that when you look beyond the Chiefs, there are still too many doubts among people that any of those other teams could really match up well enough. Are there doubts among people that the Dolphins can match up with the 49ers? Yeah. Same thing with the Eagles. Are there doubts among people that the Ravens could match up with either of those two teams? Yeah. Jaguars? Yeah. Browns? Yeah. There's There's really only one team that people, I think, would feel like, I don't want to say legitimate chance, but have a strong chance to win that game. So I'm going NFC minus three and a half right now. Quick follow-up. 
Yeah. Quick follow-up on that. I'm going to give you an example, and I'm going to ask you which side you would bet. Now, I could be kooky, and I could say, all right, well, the NFC minus 3.5. Okay, so Detroit minus 3.5 versus Kansas City. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to give you one that's plausible. Uh-huh. NFC minus 3.5 over AFC, Niners-Ravens Super Bowl. What bet are you making there? I would take the Niners. You would lay the 3.5 with the Niners? Uh, absolutely, and okay. I do it comfortably. Okay, you're a little jammed up there. If you'd gone the other way, it blows up the initial part of your No, time. no, so no. Well I, I, I would, when I say comfortably, I don't think they're going to go win the game by two touchdowns. Let's no, go Carlin you... alt spread. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I, I think they would win that game by less than a touchdown, but by more than three and a half. Okay. All right. Nice what about done. you? I would take Baltimore in that spot just because I think they'd put the total out there at like 45 and a half. It'd be a defensive-minded game. Ravens get the running game going a little bit, and I'd want the three and a half in my pocket late. But, but where would the spread be right now for you? Oh, oh, I, I, I think the hook was your mistake. I think you'd be inside. If you're going NFC favorite, I think you'd be looking at two and a half. There's some permutations there that are worrisome to me. There's some worrisome. I think you're right. I think you're just a little high. I think that I'm going to find it somewhere. I'll find it for us, and I'm okay. going to have it for you in a few moments. I, sh- I should have just come out and say NFC minus twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel eighty. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Is Caleb Williams no longer a lock to be the number one pick? It's a discussion that has to be had, and it'll be had next on ESPN Radio. Let's get that noodle working. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. 
Giving out 10 today. Earlier it was Nebraska minus 2, South Carolina plus 7, Jacksonville State minus 2. Three NFL plays for you. Lions minus 7.5 over the Packers. I don't care if the Packers look good against the Chargers last week. It's the Chargers. Packer offense is still miserable. Lions are going to come to play in this one. Four turnovers last week, minus 3 turnover differential. Expect them to clean it up. They're going to win big. That's number one. Number two, Steelers minus one over the Bengals. Matt Canada out. It's all on you, Pittsburgh offense. No one left to blame. Better turn the corner, and you're going against a Cincinnati team that just lost Joe Burrow for the season, so wouldn't be surprised if they were a bit flat. And then game number three, Bills plus three and a half over the Eagles. Yes, as an Eagles fan, this one stings, but it's all about the spot. I'm getting three and a half points with a Bills team that looked good last week after they got rid of their offensive coordinator. And now you got an Eagles team that's a bit banged up. Huge win Monday night in Kansas City against the Chiefs. Quick turnaround against a good Bills team, non-conference opponent. So we'll take the points there. So Lions minus seven and a half over the Packers. Steelers minus one over the Bengals. Bills plus three and a half over the Eagles. Some NFL teams are already looking ahead to the draft. So you ready for the draft? All right, it's time to have some fun. It's time to see who has the best odds this week to draft USC's Caleb Williams. This is cash in for Caleb. Yeah, here's the problem. The dude is ruining the bit right now. That that seems like what's happening. First of all, what, what the music? What did we just pick from 1963? The mamas and the papas, California dreaming. Oh, look at that! Look at that! I'm a little thrown off by it. I could tell. Like, yeah, like I, I thought for a second, like. It was I watching, you know, what was that movie with Brad Pitt the uh, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah. I felt like I was watching that for a second. Anyway, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Not enough O's and smooth for the beginning of this segment on my part. Joseph, uh, listen, Caleb Williams right now, it, while he played at a high level all year and everybody feels like he is – far and away the most skilled guy to come out for this draft. It's been a presumption for an entire year, basically, that he was going to be the first overall pick this coming uh, April in the draft. There are things going on here that make you wonder whether or not he should be that guy. And you have to take very seriously what you're seeing from Caleb Williams when he's not talking to the media when he's getting a little annoyed about things, when he's showing a great deal of sensitivity that I think have to be factored in strongly if you're a team that is considering taking him at the top of the draft. I know all all players have to mature, but Joe, this is not without red flags. So the concern here would be how Caleb Williams handles adversity because it doesn't look all that great. They came into the season. He was looking to win back-to-back Heisman trophies. USC was a trendy pick to make the college football playoff. There was a lot to get excited about. And then Lincoln Riley kept Alex Grinch as his defensive coordinator. They did nothing to improve that side of the ball, and the team got absolutely rolled. And in the process, we've seen some issues with Caleb Williams that are probably worth discussing, but not overreacting to. Let's talk about the performance at Notre Dame. Wasn't very good. Okay, people have bad days. But for a guy who plays in the Pac-12, a lot of fair weather games, that performance in 50-degree temperatures with a little bit of weather in South Bend, Indiana, 
mm, something you got to file away. Also, Pac-12 not known for defense. (laughs) Exactly. Be all, end all, not something we're going to get too concerned about, but we're going to look at it. Then there's the situation coming off the UCLA loss, refusing to speak to the media afterwards. Now, on one hand, you look at that and you say, that's a red flag right there. We understand you're going through adversity, but as a quarterback, and especially as a number one overall pick, you're going to be the face of the franchise. You have to set the tone. You have to be the leader. No pouting. Yeah, no one wants to go out there and deal with the media at that point, but it's not really your fault. It's Lincoln Riley's fault the team fell apart, not you. Put it on him. Quietly, you're not going to do that publicly, but he's the reason that team failed, not you. So you got to go out there and you got to be able to meet with the media. You got to show these people that you're the corporate leader. You're not just the quarterback. You're the president. You're the CEO. You're in charge of everything. You have to act that way. All right. So those would be the knocks. But the upside is he's young. You have an opportunity to learn from all this. Go through the growing pains, win the interview process, and show that once you do get to the league, you're able to handle this stuff better than you did in college. And And you might think that we're making too much of a big deal about this, okay? But how many times have we seen young quarterbacks put their foot in their mouths and it it becomes a, a mountain that piles on top of them that they can't climb out from under? It doesn't just have to do with getting better on the field. Now you have something else completely that you have to deal with that was easily controllable on your part. And I'll use a very recent example of that. And that's Zach Wilson. Last year, Zach Wilson, after playing a horrible game, uh, was asked if he felt like he needed to apologize to his teammates or he needed to accept responsibility for it. And he said, no. No, I don't have anything to apologize for. He got destroyed publicly after that, rubbed a lot of teammates the wrong way. Not just the media. Joe, it's like setting a tone for your teammates and showing what you're going to be about there, right? That, Without question. That, that's where it is for me. It's, yeah, you're going to get a lot of public scrutiny. You're not getting the benefit of the doubt. But when you're not getting the benefit of the doubt from your teammates, that's a major problem. Look at Mahomes. Mahomes should be the example for everybody. Mahomes right now has every reason on earth to get in front of a camera and throw every one of his wide receivers under the bus. And none of us would sit here and say, man, Patrick, that's wrong. Why are you throwing MVS under the bus for dropping that wide open pass that you threw perfectly to him that would have won you the game? Why are you throwing him under the bus? Why are you going after Sky Moore and some of these other guys who have failed to step up? and live up to expectations and handle their part of the workload as you guys go after a championship. We wouldn't question any of that, but he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it because as the leader, he can't do it. There's no benefit from that. Najee Harris wants to get in front of a camera and criticize the offense. Okay, go ahead and do that. Go ahead and do that. You can be the guy that goes to the media and criticizes the OC. Everyone already knows Canada's on the way out. You want to say it publicly, feel free. But the guys who are able to rise above, those are the guys that you want to build the franchise around. The guys who get it. The guys who get in front of the camera and take accountability. When things are going well, it's we, we, we. When things are going poorly, it's I, I, I. That's what you're looking for with a franchise QB. And not everyone's cut from that cloth. Caleb Williams, again, young guy, college guy, frustrated. It's all good. I can chalk all of it up. But we're going to want to see growth there. And these are the questions he's going to be asked in the interview process. Why didn't you want to meet with the media after the UCLA game, right? That's not going to work at the NFL level. You're going to need to get out there, and you're going to need to face the music. Brady had to do it. 
Manning had to do it. You think Manning liked doing it after the Super Bowl losses? Like, none of these guys do. But you do it because it's part of the job. That's what it is to be the leader. That's what it is to be the franchise guy. This Good Hands Moment of the Week brought to you by Allstate. With insurance from Allstate, you'll be game day ready every day. Visit Allstate.com or call a local agent today to learn more. Allstate. You're in good hands. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Jim Harbaugh channeled his inner Ted Lasso this week, and he got creepy, in a manner of speaking, in doing it. So what exactly happens between Ohio State and Michigan this week? Our favorite segment of the week is next. After this, from our friends at Farm Fresh Trees. Now, Joe... Just, will you get real? Will you get real and keep it real this holiday season <laughs> by buying real Christmas trees? Did you know that buying real Christmas trees helps save the American Christmas tree farming industry? For every 10 Christmas trees planted, an acre of land is saved, and so are American farmers' jobs. Plus, buying real Christmas trees helps keep real holiday memories alive while helping our environment. Holiday weekend this weekend, tradition for me, we go out. We get the tree at the tree farm right over the border in Pennsylvania. We make it happen, Captain. And that sucker's going to be up by next week, filling my house with a lovely pine smell and looking beautiful. You know why? Because I keep it real. Buy real Christmas trees this holiday season at Lowe's or wherever Christmas trees are sold. Get more information online at GetRealKeepItReal.com. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I think this game traditionally is going to be won in the trenches, and I get the sense that Michigan does have an advantage there. It's all about our preparation for Ohio. Anything else is irrelevant. The pressure is tremendous at Ohio State. Ryan Day knows that. 
It is the game. It is this weekend. It is Michigan. It is, an Ohio, it is Ohio State, both undefeated coming in, both at two and three, with Ohio State at number two right now in the college football playoff rankings. We get to that here in the next few minutes with the great Paul Feinbaum, who joins us, of course, from the Paul Feinbaum show, as he does each and every week. Paul, Chris, and uh, Joe, we appreciate it, as always. We're just going to start the conversation here, though, for a second, because we were just talking about Caleb Williams and not necessarily the play on the field, but how he has handled himself otherwise didn't talk to the media the other day uh, against UCLA. How much of a concern is some of this stuff going to become here, Paul, outside of his play? I'm pretty turned up by it. Uh, I mean, it really goes back to all the conversation off before the year about about staying another year, uh, about picking his team. I mean, I, I, I don't know what you know what management group is in charge of him, but it's been a disaster. And at some point, uh, does it does it knock him? I mean, really, we're not, we're talking about is is he the number one pick or the number two pick right now? So uh, there's a big difference, and, and I and I think he's done everything to hurt himself. You know, we were so in love with Lincoln Riley after one year on the job at USC, but this season has been a far different story. I mean, what what are we to make of this moving forward? Is the golden child golden no longer? I don't think so. I mean, somebody asked me, uh, you know, are, are you? I was. I gave a, an opinion on Lincoln Riley to somebody a couple of days ago, and they said, "Well, you're not saying he should be fired." And I'm saying, I don't know. Maybe he should be fired. I mean. Uh, Tell me when when a, when somebody's done a worse job uh, w- with a generational quarterback than him. I mean, I blasted Nick Saban last year with Bryce Young as his quarterback for having you know the nerve to uh, lose two games. I mean, <laughs> I, I thought that was I thought that was that was malpractice. Uh, now again, I having watched Bryce Young this year, I'm surprised they only lost two games. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, Caleb Williams uh, is another story. And, and, I mean, he had a good team. I mean, his team was – it would have had one loss going into uh, the Pac-12 championship game a year ago. Uh, I mean, I, I just don't know. And, and, and you know, that 7-5 and five record was a whisker away from being 6-6. Six and six. I mean, they barely got by Cal – uh, in, in the middle of the year. So, I mean, it, it, this has been a disaster, and, and I don't know what Lincoln Riley has to offer uh, moving forward. Yeah, he, he's a quarterback whisperer. Uh, he's, he's done a good job uh, with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, and he did a really good job with, with Jalen Hurts. Uh, but other than uh, hijacking quarterbacks from where he used to be, uh, he's, still, he's yet to understand the basic tenet of, of football is you have to play defense. And, you know, firing Alex Grinch uh, five weeks ago, what did that accomplish? Uh, very little, apparently, uh, <laughs> because it really can't change the personnel either. They haven't played any defense. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio with Paul Feinbaum. Paul, is Florida State dead in the water when it comes to the playoff? I think they're in trouble. Uh, now, they have to do something Saturday and the following Saturday, assuming they win both games that I hate, but they really do. They need, they, they need style points. They need to look like they're competent. Uh, they, they need to look like they can go into the playoffs and not pull a TCU, and I'm not convinced they, they, they can. I know all the metrics still support them and all the CFP uh, experts, and I, I'm not one. I'm just, I'm, just a, I'm just a lowly talk show host. 
But uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not impressed. Uh, and and I, I, I frankly would leave them out undefeated, as crazy as that sounds. And everybody comes back and says, well, you know, they deserve to be in. Nobody deserves to be in. This is supposed to be about the four best teams. This is not a, uh, a, a Pop Warner participation trophy. As you break this down, there are a lot of ways this could shake out in terms of if Alabama can upset Georgia, whether Georgia gets in. Do you see, and we'll get into the, the breakdown of the game itself in a moment, but do you see the loser of Michigan-Ohio State having a realistic shot of still getting in? Uh, not if it's Michigan. You can't lose at home uh, when you played absolutely nobody in the preseason uh, and, 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 to me, get in the playoffs. I mean, they, they, they just did not – they, cho- they chose not to, not to play a big game. Uh, what do I mean? Ohio State goes to Notre Dame. That's a big game, uh, I think. Alabama, Texas. Uh, you, you see, uh, you know, even Florida State. I mean, I was critical of them a minute ago, but they played LSU. Uh, Michigan played total garbage – and they don't deserve to go. Now, Ohio State uh, has, a, has, a, has a chance. They, they need chaos in front of them uh, because I think uh, even though it, ha- it should have nothing to do with it, there's still some buyer's remorse last year with Ohio State getting them in, uh, maybe over Alabama, uh, even though the remorse should be over letting TCU in over anyone. Paul Feinbaum with us, of course. Paul Feinbaum show on the SEC Network. Paul, Michigan, Ohio State on Saturday. You're just talking about uh, what happens to the to the to the loser of that game. But Michigan, a three point favorite at Michigan, which basically means they'd have it on a neutral field as a pick'em. What do you expect here? I I I I mean, probably the most drama will come before the game when when Michigan. Fans uh, show themselves by probably hurling obscenities at at uh, commentators and and making signs that will make them look uh, like a like some uh, you know fraternity kicked off campus. In, in so I assume you're making the trip uh, then. <laughs> uh, I am. <laughs> I'll be I'll be there. Um, but I I I'm not I'm not objective here. Uh, let me go ahead and say I want Michigan to win the game, and, and there's a reason. I want Michigan to win so they get in the playoffs and, and somehow then get totally humiliated like, like they have the last couple, couple of years. I think that is the payback for this uh, fraudulent experience that we've all had to deal with with, with, with Michigan uh, and what looks like uh, you know, something that, that gives them an unfair advantage and, and, and they get to benefit from it and they get to act like, they're victims. Uh, so it, it, call me crazy, uh, but that's what I want. Whether, you know, I, I think it is a, obviously a very close game. Um, Michigan, I don't think needs Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I mean, based on what I hear from him in press conferences, he would, he would slow the team down if he started getting involved. <laughs> <laughs> Last one for you, Paul. Um, all the focus, obviously, on Harbaugh, the scandal at Michigan, what happens with Michigan win or loss. I want to look at this just briefly. What happens to Ryan Day if he loses to Michigan again? Well, you're really going to put me on the hot seat now. Um, I don't think he can afford it. Uh, that's three straight losses, and and, and I know uh, some some somebody in uh, in their mom's basement in Columbus is going, yeah, but he's only lost like eight or nine games in five years. That's great, good good for Ryan Day. But uh, Ryan, when, when you're the head coach at Ohio State, you're supposed to. You know, win championships. You're not supposed to lose to Michigan. Uh, I, I mean, you could argue various games mean more to a fan base 
But I don't think so. I mean, th- I mean, th- this is now the preeminent game in the country. How many times have we been at this juncture uh, on the day before Thanksgiving? Where you know, last year, uh, a couple of four or five years ago. I mean, this is now the de facto game in, in college football, and you you lose three straight. And yeah, your fans can say, well, maybe Mich- Michigan cheated, but that doesn't really work very well. Last year, I thought they redeemed themselves to a degree. Uh, by by only leading Georgia by two touchdowns and then blowing the game at the end, but uh, I don't th- I don't think he has a very good path. Now I'm not suggesting uh, he gets fired, but he will have a new athletic director in a couple of months, and and I, I think there'll be a very close eye on him. Uh, hey, great coach, but can you win the big game? And the answer would be no. Paul, last week we bonded over the Harbaugh crap, and this week, just to hear you say, yes, I want to see them win so they get absolutely humiliated in the post in the playoff, I, I just, it's amazing how much my respect level for you jumps each and every week. <laughs> well, that's what ESPN pays me, to, to be a, a, an objective analyst, and, and I try to deliver, especially on, on, a, on a top-rated ESPN radio show. Uh, and I can't thank you enough for it. That was outstanding as usual. Paul, thanks. Enjoy the weekend. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Paul Feinbaum, ESPN. Uh, of course, the Paul Feinbaum Show on the SEC Network. That's amazing. Rooting to have bad things happen to fan bases you don't like. Joe, it's if there's something more American than that, I don't know what it is. No sport better encompasses who we are as a country than college football. No question. No, nothing. Traeger is awesome. Let me tell you why. This Saturday, you can enjoy the one-of-a-kind wood-fired flavor on a Traeger Ironwood XL from the Home Depot. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. Now, you heard what Feinbaum had to say uh, about the pressure on Ryan Day. More on him next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Geico's mobile app has 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info. It's easy to Geico. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Ten pizza money selections today to get you set for the weekend. We've given out six. We're just going to give out one here. Michigan, Ohio State, I'm laying the three with Michigan. I am going against the line move as it's been nothing but Ohio State money this week. I'm not buying into it. 
A couple weeks ago on the look-ahead line, Michigan was minus six and a half. Now all of a sudden they're three. Why? Because they didn't look good against Maryland. Everyone knew they weren't going to look good against Maryland. They were coming off the Penn State win, and they were going into the Ohio State game. That's a sandwich spot if we've ever seen one. And they were a 19 and a half point favorite in that game that got bet down to 17. That was one of the most obvious ones on the board last week. So I'm not going to duck Michigan because they didn't play well against Maryland. Now, with Ohio State, as good as they've been this year, the problem for them in this matchup the last few years, it's been too physical for them. Michigan is too physical for Ohio State. Maybe that changes this year, but I don't see it. I'm laying the three with the Wolverines over the Buckeyes. I think this game traditionally is going to be won in the trenches, and I get the sense that Michigan does have an advantage there. It's all about our preparation for Ohio. You know, the days, the minutes, the hours, everything leading up to this game, you know, that's where our focus is, preparing ourselves, and anything else is irrelevant. If they were to lose to Michigan, I think the scrutiny would absolutely intensify. The pressure is tremendous at Ohio State. Ryan Day knows that. Yeah, I get that Ryan Day has not exactly fared all that well here against Michigan the last couple of years. But what's the better option right now? Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Joe, what Paul was talking about earlier, I understand completely. Because at different schools, it absolutely is a much different standard. And you can look at Ryan Day's record and say he's only lost, what, seven games or whatever it is in his entire tenure. And you should say that that should be more than enough to have him keep his job. But when you're not beating Michigan and you're losing to them three times in a row now, if they lose, I, I get where people come from on it. I guess the only question I'm asking is, who are you getting right now? at Ohio State that's better than Ryan Day unless you're going to, you know, do the unthinkable and think about bringing back Urban Meyer, which ain't happening. No, that's not going to happen. Can't take a risk on something like that. I mean, people get caught up in this because a lot of times they assess the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry and the coaches who struggle to win this game, and they say it's because of the rivalry. That, that, that's part of it. It's part of the fact that you got to beat your rival. But this is a gatekeeper game. This is like a wild card game in the playoffs. This is the type of thing that gets a guy like Mike McCarthy fired because McCarthy can't advance deep into the playoffs. Right now, this game, this weekend, this is a playoff game. Winners going to the playoff. Loser of this game, good chance they're not making the playoff. So it's not just your most hated rival. It's the gatekeeper game of all gatekeeper games. You got to win this game. Then you go play Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. Who cares about that? Then you're in the postseason. So if Ryan Day can't find a way to win this game, he's likely frozen out of the playoff. I know in the past it's gotten him in. It got him in last year, even though he lost. But that's counting on other teams to set the stage for you. And at Ohio State, you're not banking on other teams doing you favors. You're banking on your team going out and handling its business. And with everything that's been going on at Michigan and everyone watching the Wolverines stumble against Maryland last week and not look all that great against Penn State two weeks ago, a lot of Buckeye fans out there are thinking this is a game that's very winnable because Michigan's record and Michigan's mystique this season is built largely on the back of them hammering very bad football teams. They don't play good football teams. They stepped up once against Penn State. Eh, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. So how good is Penn State? They played two big games and they've lost them both. So there's not a whole lot of respect coming from that department. Let's hear from Harbaugh on his respect level 
for Ryan Day. What would you say is your respect level for Ryan Day and their staff? It's all about our preparation for Ohio. Um, you know, the days, the minutes, the hours, everything leading up to this game, um, you know, that's where our focus is. Preparing ourselves and planning, going to practice and then execute. So, uh, I mean, anything else is irrelevant, um, you know, when you get into this kind of this kind of big game week. You think the answer is the same month and a half ago before this all came up? I think the answer up? is is expletive him. That's yeah. what I think the answer is. And I think that's always the answer. You can't coach at Michigan and say nice things about Ohio State. You can't coach at Ohio State and say nice things about Michigan. That's yeah. how it works. So Harbaugh wanting to dodge it without taking the bait and going after Day, I can appreciate that. But that's a smart answer right there. It's not about the other coach. It's not about getting caught up in anything. We need to focus on winning this game. That's exactly what every Michigan fan wants to hear, is that the only thing Harbaugh and this team care about is this game this week. Hey, listen, I, I think that when it boils down to whether or not Ohio State can win this game, it's going to be about their ability to run the football on Michigan. I, I really believe that. Uh, they've got Ibuka. They've got Marvin Harrison. McCord cannot make the big mistake. But Ohio State needs to be able to run the football in this spot to make sure that it's not just lay back and and let you dink and dunk us to death, you know, and be more than comfortable with that. I don't think Kyle McCord's that great. I don't think he's a great quarterback. If you're asking me, I think Michigan Michigan's the better team here, in my mind. Well, when you follow when you're following C.J. Stroud, who followed Justin Fields, it's going to be tough to live up to that lineage. So yeah. often, I'm giving the picks here. What are you doing? Are you taking Michigan in this game? I'm taking Michigan in this game. Would you lay the points? The I three? would. I would. All line. I think there's. I think there's going to be Michigan minus twenty one. All line. <laughs> no alt line. No alt line. All right. No alt line. Uh, you know, and I also think that Michigan's going to pull out all the stops. I think they'll do everything they can. To try to get this thing, like in terms of cheating, they'll do everything. They'll do. Let's pump in the sound. Let's do that. <laughs> I mean, there are going to be so many phones and cameras on every signal going up on the Ohio State and Michigan sidelines. There are going to be so many Zapruder tapes coming out from this game. So many people trying to break down so many different things. You should, uh, if you are on either sideline, you should operate under the assumption that you are being filmed by at least five cameras every single second you are out on that field. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, listen, ultimately, Michigan in this spot is not going to lose this game at home with everything that has gone on. This has been a week that I can guarantee you that team cannot wait to get to Saturday. And while Ohio State might relish the ability of winning that game, I just think Michigan's better. And I think that Michigan against the world thing is going to be everything. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.